Hi there, this is Alexander Siddig, and you are listening to Trekmate. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Trekmate podcast. Its continuing mission to entertain, enlighten, educate, and talk all things Trek. To boldly go where no podcast has gone before. Make it so. Prepare to attack. All hands battle station. Don't worry. We will get to the bottom of this. All right. Ask is a tall ship and a star to steer by. I don't want excuses. I want answers. Am I authorized to enter the neutral zone? How do you think that tells me about your character? Captain's log, stardate 3541.9. Program complete. Enter when ready. Hello and welcome to Trekmate. My name's Wayne. My name's Jude, and as you may have seen on your podcast, Capture Bloody Things, or YouTube, or whatever, we've got a special uh, title this week. We've got a special guest who we're both very excited about. Introduce yourself, special guest. Hey, guys. Um, I don't know if any of the current listeners remember, but I'm JD. I used to host The Wilderness way back in the day, possibly the least professional show we ever had on the network, but possibly also one of the most fun. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, definitely. That's the thing, Trekmate's not very professional anymore, mate, so... We never were. No, exactly, well, so... it's our unofficial favourite, isn't it, Wayne? Yeah, oh, that's the thing. We always favour ourselves, however, <laughs> The Wilderness <laughs> is our other favourite show. Are you only really saying that because I'm on the show? Like, if you had Paul no, on, no. would you be saying how much you love previously? Oh, we've lost Wayne. No, no, lost. no, lost no not at all. No, me Wait, and, I thought we had a uh, drop out at this end. Sorry, I'm having technical no, issues. No so like uh, on, on the YouTube stuff or Skype or Google Hangouts, whatever it is, me and Wayne have both been signing into the same account, so it switches between the two of us. Right. So if he's well, talking, I, when, I disappear and then vice versa. Right. Sorry, I freaked out thinking we were having a technical issue. I don't know yeah. how to work with Google Hangout. No worries. Yeah, no worries, mate. Good. But uh, so, sorry, that got very confusing for any podcast listeners. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Fix it in post, Wayne. Fix it in post. I don't do post. <laughs> no. More so everything goes out raw nowadays. Yeah. Hey, I used to do that, and I got in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, when when you've been going for coming up to a decade, it kind of uh, relaxes a bit, doesn't it? Yeah, a little yeah. bit. What what was the old catchphrase? Now, guys, I love what you're doing, but, but... <laughs> can you stop saying mongoloids? He said it once, and he was singing a song. <laughs> That's a very deep throwback to one particular episode of the Wilderness. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. No. no, it's. <laughs> oh, oh man, now I'm thinking about see. And what we used to do, because now I'm going to go on a tangent about the wilderness. The whole are you composed thing, which would then Pavlovian, <laughs> would give me the Pavlovian response of making me giggle, came from when he was actually recording his apology for when he did that. Because yeah. I, I got the giggles once when he was trying to record it, and then I was off. I had to leave the room. So then the following week, we start recording the show. He looks at me, he's like, JD, are you composed? <laughs> and I lost it. 
<laughs> so now that I hear the words, are you composed? And I have the response and I get the giggles. Yeah. So then for the oh, rest yeah. of the run, he would just look at me at the start of every episode before we start recording and say it and I'd lose it. <laughs> Excellent. Oh, okay. No, that's... Uh, we did uh, used to love the wilderness and it is a shame that you... Uh, you didn't get the entire way through, but we're glad to have you here with us today, JD. Yeah, well, sitting here hot as all hell in the wilderness. Well, the thing is, we haven't actually spoken to you since there's been new Trek on no. TV. I know, no, it's I'm been... That today. And, and, and the funny thing is, there's even more new Trek as of today, which I guess we'll speak about in a minute. Yeah. Wait, yeah. does that start today, the second season? No, no, the second season starts in a couple of days, but I just saw news uh, today that there is a new program. Oh, there, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like 31 with uh, Michelle Yeoh, I can't think of her character's name. Um, Philippa Giorgio. Yeah, yeah, yeah Giorgio, yeah, that's it. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Any, anyone who listens to us knows that we're going to be pumped about that and can't yeah. wait for that. But I've not read well, those details, to be honest. Well, I literally, all I know is it's her and it's section 31, and I saw somebody yeah, tweet about it being the mirror universe, her, because it has to be, because yes, mainline yeah. universe, her died? Yeah. So, well, well, that's the thing. It's uh, because if uh, in the trailer for season two of Discovery, uh, we see that there's going to be a big section 31 influence. So it's going to be a spin-off from season two of Discovery. Right. So, uh, because uh, in one of the traders you see that Giorgio has been hired by Section 31. Mm-hmm. And so that's going to become the... Uh, and the thing is, it, it makes sense, because in today's day and age, there's there's no reason why you can't do that, even if it's only for a six-part miniseries. I mean, fucking, I'm all up for as much Trek as they want to throw at us. What's really cool is um, we're back to the 90s days now where, well, soon enough, there's going to be either three or four series running at the same time. You're going to have Discovery, uh, the Giorgio one, you're going to have the Rick and Morty cartoon thing, (laughs) and then we've got Picard coming back as well. So it's like three or four going at the same time. That's amazing to be saying that after all this time. Because uh, apparently uh, with the new Section 31 series, uh, Alex Kurtzman's going to be the executive producer on it. Yeah. And it's going to be led by the showrunners uh, from Discovery of uh, Bo Yen Kim and the Erica current, Lippold. Anyway, yeah. yeah, so two of the current ones are going to be heading that. So it'll be interesting to see where they go with that. But obviously, yeah, we've got the... Um, uh, Lower Decks cartoon, yeah, uh, uh, coming. We've got. The... I heard about that. What's what's that one? Basically, uh, do you want to take it, Jude? Yeah, um, they've hired a couple of the, uh, of the writers, not the main two writers, but a couple of the lower writers from the Rick and Morty cartoon show. Um, and and yeah, it's it's just an animated series. What uh, people have been talking about and wishing for for years, where it's just the Lower Decks. Just yeah, the, it's um, supposedly it's, it, supposedly it's meant to be about staff uh, that like uh, like work on the lower decks of uh, their support crew of the Starfleet's least important ships. Yeah. So, so it's going to be real fucking wacky sort of. So shit. It's going to be an absolute piss take. 
Yeah. Oh, it is. Yeah, but it, but it's still official. It's still canon or whatever, I guess. Yeah, it's it's going to be yeah canon. But also, did you see that there's also going to be a second animated show coming? Did I? I don't think I did. No. Yeah. What's that then? No, it it's one that supposedly it's actually going to be like aimed at kids. Oh. Interesting approach. Yeah, because. Uh, I guess that's what the original animated series was, really, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, one second. I'll read you the article from TrekCore, which... Um, I'll tell you what I wish it was, is what we've said on the show before, like TNG animated yeah. series. That would be awesome, because they could all do it. They could all do it. You can lend your voice without any yeah. sort of issue whatsoever. And it's not as if then you've got to worry about budget, because animation... Mm-hmm. You can do so much like uh, more compared to if you just needing all the the CGI and sets and everything. Well, I'm um, that, not could, that could really work for like doing reunions for a lot of the main like the Prime Universe shows. Definitely. Absolutely, be, because that the could thing be is, really cool. It's yeah. not as if you've even got to fly people over; they could go anywhere in the world to record. These days now, yeah, can just do it on their computer, can't they? As long as you've got a good enough mic and recording thing. Yeah, so, um, okay, Kurtzman said, uh, Kurtzman also confirmed for the first time that a second full animation series is in development at CBS, following the already announced Lower Decks, but offered no specifics as of yet. There's another animated thing that we're building that are uh, that are entirely different perspectives and are an entirely different tone. What's exciting about it is not only looking at each animated series as what's the different tone, but what's the different technology we can apply to these things. Um, hold on one second. Not he basically said that really. he's, he's saying like, I go back to my childhood and Luke Skywalker, uh, the farm boy who took out the, the twin sons of Tatooine and imagines his future. Trek never gave me that. Trek was always fully infor- uh, fully formed adults already in Starfleet and people have decided who they are. And it was never, uh, never was, and it never was aspirational in that way. It's important to me to find a way to go back and reach younger kids in a way that Trek should. And never really has. So maybe that's going to be like the Starfleet Academy sort well, of show. Is, yeah. This is what I wanted to see 20-something years ago when they started putting out... They did a run of a bunch of comics. They put out a Starfleet Academy comic that was yes. Nog and a bunch of all his classmates. And I thought a show set at Starfleet Academy, like when all the other shows started to wind down, would be a really good sort of interesting, like different mm-hmm. vibe to have. But I, mean, I don't know what sort of longevity you'd have. Like you couldn't have a lot of all of the normal stuff they do. But I think... Something like that with the Starfleet Academy show could be really interesting, especially now that you've got all these different outlets, especially with the CBS streaming thing. You don't really need to worry about ratings and whatever no. else if everything's just going to be streamed. No, yeah. exactly. And, and the thing is, uh, they're garnering shit tons of views uh, on Netflix. So Netflix are well happy with it. They're happy with how CBS All Access is performing. Obviously, it's going to put an absolute be up the bonnet of uh, all of the hardcore trekkies that will get really fucked off. But (laughs) I've got some things to say about that in a little while, by the way. Yeah. Good, good. But yeah, no, so there's going to be 
that and also that the Picard series so two animated shows the Picard series section 31 and Discovery so that will be five shows possibly running at once which is more than Trek has ever run at one time yeah who would have guessed it especially not when we went what was it 15 years without a Trek TV show or 10 years or something ridiculous since Enterprise finished something like that yeah Uh, Enterprise finished what 2005 2005 sounds about right yeah i don't know yeah so we're probably yeah you're probably uh, i think we're talking 12 or 13 years 12 years yeah yeah it, it, 12 or 13 years but no it's it's uh, ridiculous how long we went and also since we spoke it since uh we recorded as well Jude, they've uh axed um they've shelved the next star trek film Oh. You know what? I'm okay with that. Yeah. I've got no problem with it because a lot of the Twitterverse and the, the hardcore trackies were like, oh, no, they've shelved the new movie. Oh, look, I brought back the enthusiastic fanboy. Um, <laughs> shelved the new movie. We need more Trek films. You really don't. Because um, let's face let's look at those films. Just a quick little aside. Those are not Star Trek movies. They may have Star Trek character names in them, and references, but those aren't Trek films. Those are Star Wars movies disguised as Star Trek <laughs> for the mass audience. Which, and look, you know what? I enjoy those movies, except for second one. Let's sort of not go there. But, I mean, those movies are fun, big, explodey action sci-fi things which fit in with the current mold of cinema. That's great, but yeah. they're not Star Trek. Well, the thing, is, the, the thing is, I I enjoy the new movies. Um, they're, they're good fun. But they, but they don't hold films. that special place in your heart that, uh, you know, some of the TOS and TNG ones do. I'm not sure no. if I've re-watched Beyond more than once. I haven't. Uh, yeah, I've only watched it once, and I've had numerous opportunities. I always think, I've got to watch it a second time, and I just never but, seem to get that enthusiasm, that energy to do so. I personally think Beyond is the best of the three and is closest is. to an actual Star Trek film. It got me the most excited at the cinema, but I've not watched it since. Which is a shame, because it's actually quite a good film. And at the end of it, Kirk's found his happy place, and they're all on the bridge, and off they go with the Enterprise A. And I think it's a good spot to round out that trilogy of films. So shelving the fourth one, which they were talking about, bringing back Chris Hemsworth as Kirk's dad, and all this other shit, and Anton Yelton's no longer with us tragically. So I don't think that film would have worked, even if they'd have gone ahead with it, with the plans and the cast that they had. All I know is the, the last me and you were speaking about it, Wayne, is that uh, like the main two or three were just dropping in and out of it, just saying the money's not good enough and all that sort of stuff. And it just it seemed like it was going that way, that they just yeah, wasn't going to happen. Yeah, the, well, the studios were lowballing them. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's fair enough. I mean, with Chris Evans off doing the Wonder Woman films and Zoe Saldana being in everything, especially as um, Gamora, that price tag's going to go up, as happens with people. And Hemsworth being four. Yeah, well, that too. Well, I think that's why they were trying to get him to come back, to cash in on that. But look, I've, I've got no problem with Michelle being that fourth film. No. No, I, I haven't yeah, at I'm all. Yeah, I'm not going to lose any sleep over it. But I, I still think it's a shame. Like, you know, I'm happy for anything to come out. But, like, but yeah, it's, it's not a big deal. It's not upsetting or anything, is it? Yeah, but the thing is, I think the reason why we hold um, the previous Star Trek films in more regard is because we've had those amounts of episodes to get emotionally inv- uh, like, uh, like, uh, you're like, absolutely 
in. You're, you're, what's it called? Emotionally involved? No. Attached uh, emotion- to all the characters. Yeah. Emotionally exactly. invested in these people. Emotionally and who they are. invested. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely emotionally invested with those characters by the time that that film comes out. So those films mean something to us. However, if you add in uh, actors playing those roles, on if they were doing a series, I'm sure that we could have grown to love them in those roles. I think so. I, I did like Carl Urban a lot, and uh... oh, he was the embodiment of all things Bones McCoy, wasn't he? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I tell you what, I, what I would have liked to have seen from that show, and possibly it might be an option. I might have said this years ago when I was on the show the last time. I would like to see an Excelsior spin-off with John Cho's Sulu. I thought he was real good in that role and didn't have nearly enough to do. Yeah, same for Chekhov until the third one. Oh, yeah, and it wasn't that just a tragedy when we lost him. Yeah, such a shame. Such horrible timing. And it, it was the, even more of a shame because he was such a big part of Number Three as well. Yeah, didn't he? Didn't he die before it even hit the cinema? Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. And just a freak accident with his car handbrake and just rolled down the driveway and and killed him. Yeah, tragic. No, fucking awful. So, um. Okay, so since we haven't spoken to you, what's like your opinion been on Discovery? I, I'm going to make an I'm going to say an unpopular opinion among the hardcore trackies. I really like it. I really dig it. I think it's a really good modern update on on that old formula with enough of like your modern like your modern sensibilities and your approach to storytelling that has dragged Star Star Trek kicking and screaming against the hardcore fans. Will. into the 21st century absolutely me and Jude were of that same mindset because even before the series came out and everybody was already having a hissy fit uh, we we just sat and said like look just fucking even if you don't like it just stick it on your Netflix walk out of the room leave it playing because we need those views we need those numbers yeah yeah, so we uh, like so then down the line that trek that you've been waiting for might turn up, but yeah, we always say, don't we? Like, how many uh, Star Treks apart from maybe TOS, like all the others? Like, how many of them took a series or two to really, really pick up and get exciting? Well, Enterprise like, never did it. Fall into their stride. Ah, <laughs> Enterprise never did say. No, fucking Enterprise was brilliant. Look, I'm, I'm I'm going to go on a slight tangent. I'm trying to work, do a rewatch of Enterprise at the moment. Season two is difficult. I didn't find it difficult at all. I think Enterprise is uh, like my most recent rewatch of everything, and I loved every moment of it. I haven't I, watched it in a while, but I do still love it. All right, well that's my unpopular opinion then. Yeah. I'll just oh no, 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 that's fine. No, we're that's happy a- to do it. We're, that's and, everyone's allowed different opinions. And this is, the, this is the thing with all of... And I think a lot of the hate for Discovery has sort of surfaced because everybody's now got that voice online between your Twitters, your Facebooks, your Instagrams, whatever. Everybody's got now got an opinion and can scream it to the ether. It's like, I don't mm-hmm. like the look of the new Klingons. Well, fuck you, the new Klingons look awesome. Yeah. Well, the, the thing is, though, when you... <laughs> it's like... they When you like superimpose like hair onto them they look exactly like the old right. ones which funnily when... enough i think they're about to do that in the second season anyway that i think they're kind of dropping it like i said they're just like a 
they're a rare breed. The ones you see in that first season, they're, they're just a certain bunch of Klingons, and you're going to start to see the more traditional Klingons uh, well, as it goes on. This is, I mean, this is not going to deliberately try and trigger anybody, but then you just look at the human race and the differences between the different races of humans we have in the real world. Yeah. It would make sense that there would be different yeah. sort of looking Klingons as well. Yeah, my, my biggest argument when people, like when those first promo shots started coming out and everybody was up in arms about changing the look of the Klingons, I'm sorry, I'm sure this is the same argument people were having just without the internet back in 1987 or 1986 or whatever when they first revealed the look of the Klingons with the shells on it. In 1979, when the motion picture came out, when the Klingons looked different, I'm sure this is the same thing fans were saying then. Yep. We don't like different because we're nerds. Yeah. And the thing I is, agree. it's just now that everybody, everybody's got an outlet. And the thing is, the wankers seem to shout louder. Yeah. So it, that's yeah. all it is. It just drowns out like positivity because it's then been that way for a while, hasn't it? Where the, the moaners are heard the loudest, and, and but the praisers just sit back and just do it in their own home. They you know, don't have to go on the internet shouting about it. Yeah. <laughs> says says the guys that all host podcasts. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but the thing is, the only Just thing saying. That, the only <laughs> thing that we say on our podcast is telling the people that shout about it, shut the fuck up. Well, <laughs> this is this is where I get angry about people saying Discovery's not Star Trek. The Orville is closer to Star Trek. Have you guys seen that show yet? Have they? That we had most of the first season. Yeah, yeah we got about okay. halfway. All right, cool. Well, I've got some things to say about the comparisons between the Orville and, and Discovery. Yeah, Discovery's not Star Trek. The Orville's closer to Star Trek. No, the Orville's closer to Star Trek in 1994, or it's closer to Galaxy Quest. Yeah, it's funny yeah. as fuck, but it, it don't need to make a comparison. Yes, two sci-fi shows started at the same time. One's clearly a piss take on the sci-fi genre and is great in its own right, but don't try and tell me that that show is closer is real Star Trek when it's not even a Star Trek brand and Discovery's not. Yeah, but the thing is as well, if they had come out with a, another show of the exact same elk even more TNG like, and Voyager, people would have been like, it's stale, it's done, we've had exactly. this. Yeah. Because this is, internet fans, they're like, I'm gonna I'm gonna lump the Star Wars fans, like the hardcore Star Wars fans, in on this bunch. We want what we want, but don't give us what we want because then we'll hate it. Yeah, yeah. Because Star Wars fans are only happy when they're hating Star Wars, like oh. your real, true, hardcore Star Wars fans. I don't go online as much as I used to at the moment, but they they they're way worse, aren't exactly. they? Exactly, and which, I mean, I love Star Wars as much as the next nerd does, but the the vitriol that comes out it's it reminded me a lot of the Discovery hate. It's like, we want, we don't know what we want, but we don't know what you've given us. But yeah. we want new Trek, we want different modern Trek, but don't modernise the look of the ships, because then we have trouble rationalising the aesthetic change between Discovery and the original series. Well, you know what? That's just a budgetary and technology thing 50-something years later. Fuck yeah. off. Yeah. And no, I do have some things to say. I need what? to get back on a regular show. <laughs> yeah, come what? on here as much as you want, man. <laughs> But the thing is, it, it, it's the same as saying, um, like, it, it, like if people were fucked off that TNG didn't look like TOS. Exactly. But that was set 100 years later, but I get that. Look, I mean, I understand 
I, I don't mean to run all over your show, guys. If, if I'm, if I'm no, no, saying no, too many no, opinions, no, go, Janie, pull your fucking head in. Um, it means that we don't have to work. It's fine. No, that's yeah. fine. Bring, bring on the guest <laughs> to do all the work for you. It's great. Yeah, totally. um, I've lost my train of thought now. No, this is the thing with people like talking about the aesthetic changes and whatnot. Yes, it's a design thing, and I'm sure I'll remember my train of thought originally. But if you look at the look of Discovery and see how that can evolve into the look of the JJ films, mm. that could 100% make sense. Yeah. And I think that's where I was going with that. Yeah. And I think I just want to tell the hardcore fans to pull their heads in and don't complain about the fact that Discovery doesn't look like a proto version of the Enterprise from the Menagerie. And Yeah, but the thing is, is... I, it, the version of the Enterprise that we saw at the end is so close enough to yeah. the uh, original models that no one has any need to fucking complain because if they had had discovery, if they had had discovery meeting uh, the Enterprise as it was, mm. it'd just be such a fucking sore thumb. It really would. So it's I, I haven't got a problem with it. These the sl very slight retcons is fine because as a, as a species, now our technology is growing. If the show did not incorporate a perspective of how the technology would be in the future, then it, because when in the 60s, Star Trek looks futuristic. In the 90s, Star Trek looks futuristic. We're now in a modern age where we, we have a fucking... We have a mobile phone, which is our fucking GPS, which is our scanners, which is our fucking... It does everything for us. It's a fucking tricorder. Yeah. Near enough. So it's, so it's a question of if we didn't have like some form of... Like in in a show that is set a couple of hundred years in the future, if we didn't have a realistic jump in technology, then a any modern viewer wouldn't believe it. Yeah, you need science fiction needs to be a reflection of the current modern technologies and where things can conceivably go. And this is why I mean, you look at the original series; those fucking floppy disks they were, were supposed to be set three hundred years in the future. They ran out of technology in like the real world 25 years ago mm -hmm. or 20 years ago when we went to USBs. And it's the same thing. It's, don't complain about the dumb shit like the aesthetics. Are they telling you a good story? Do you have new Trek? Yes. Yeah. And the thing is as well, in the fucking TNG and DS9, for every single thing that they wanted to read, they had an individual pad. I was just thinking that. Like, yeah. You would have like a pad which would be, oh, here's my maths book. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, literally they would have a table full of pads, and it's like, okay, no, now you have one thing, and yeah, that which has, has everything. everything. Yeah, Just, yeah. This thing's got everything on it you could possibly need. Yeah, exactly. And it's so. So if basically what I'm saying is, the hardcore fans is fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> We've I mean, we love you because we're all in the same, <laughs> same bird family together, but just appreciate what we're getting. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. No, it's... I mean, 
It's like when they say it's not Trek, it doesn't fit in with what we've got. I'm sorry, if you go back and compare the Ashes of Eden with all their Herberts and whatever, compare that to an episode like In the Pale Moonlight or some of those Benny Russell episodes, you would not think they fit in the same franchise either. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And it, it evolves with the time, and Star Trek always has. And it always so will. Should, yeah. And the thing is, if, 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 we've said it before on the show, Discovery is, for us, it, it is closest to Deep Space Nine. Yes! In, in the way that it works, and that's why uh, we love it so much, because it, is, it, it has that feeling. Because Deep Space Nine innovated uh, like the long story arcs, it did. And the thing with DS9, because, you know, I've, I've said a few things on this network about DS9 before, once or twice, is the character interactions felt more real because there was actual interpersonal conflict between them. And that's what I like about Discovery. Nobody gets on with anybody else except for Tilly. Tilly loves everyone. She's my spirit animal. I love her so much. But <laughs> this is, And the characters are like, you've got Saru, who I think is one of the potentially most interesting characters Star Trek's ever had. They've got to, they've got to start doing more with him. I think he's great. And, like... Michael Burnham comes aboard, he's not just going to be like, oh, all is forgiven because you're helping the crew. It's like, no, you done fucked up. Good. Prove yourself. Oh, no, my threat yeah. ganglion are going off. I, yeah. I think just think the, the, the level of character interaction between them and the character development, like the gay doctor and, the, and his engineer boyfriend. Why I has love nobody, Wilson Cruz. Why has nobody said more about that as being a good thing? The first time there's openly gay characters on Star Trek, nobody's praising that. They're just shitting on the aesthetic. Yeah. Yeah, and and the thing is, it's Star Trek. It, it is that still that vision of fighting for the like the Starfleet vision. It is still like fighting for those things, just because they've not been doing as much like uh, exploring strange new worlds. But th- that's where that's where TV becomes more episodic when you've yeah. got your planet of the week yeah. and uh, the long story arcs is just what TV is nowadays. That's yeah. what people you, want. You don't get, like you'll go back and look at the next generation as a perfect example. The closest thing to a long story arc they had in that was best of both worlds one and two yeah. and family. That is the longest sustained story arc they had. And that's three episodes across seven seasons. Mm-hmm. Like you had your yeah, recurring I, themes, but that's the most, that's the only back to back story they really did. I was constantly wishing for it on that show, and when I finally got round to watching DS9, it was like it was such a relief to have that. That's just what TV was at the time, because you didn't yeah, have yeah. you didn't have binging and back to back, and you would just have to watch yeah. an episode every week. So to have that ongoing narrative, especially in 1987 when it started, if you didn't watch that one episode, you missed the episode where they hang out in the holodeck. You didn't really yeah. sort of miss anything, but then sort of DS9 came along, and VHS was more prevalent and whatnot. And then you slowly started moving into the internet age. And that's when these long-form stories started to take on, which, as you say, DS9 was the first trick to do it. And then now that's what everything does. Yeah. Oh, I've just got to say something while it just popped into my head. You are going to absolutely love the documentary, JD, when that comes out. I have not seen that. I was going to ask you guys what that was like. Did you cry? Will I cry? Did we all, are we all just going to cry? I think, I think we did. I like, cry. Uh, I can't yeah, but Wayne, you cry all the time. Yeah, you <laughs> This does. much is true. But yeah, like Ira uh, Stephen Bear just sort of begs everyone not to reveal it. So I guess we'll just do it off air or something. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's bloody good. 
is really, really good. It's the thing is, say. there's they um, they they put a bit of a delay on it from what I've heard because it was going to be getting released like imminently, but then Iris Stephen Bear after the screenings that he done because I think he done one in America and then the ones at DST and I'm not sure if he done any anywhere else. But he decided to go back and remaster all of the DS9 footage that's shown in all of the documentary. Yeah, oh, wow. no, I think it's good. I think it will make the, you know, when it finally comes out on Blu-ray, make it all the better. And, and then hopefully it'll encourage CBS to finally pull their finger out and actually do it with the whole thing. Yeah. Because we don't have DS9 on Blu-ray, do we? No, well, no. we don't have a HD version, no. No, no, there's no HD remaster of... Uh, DS9. The only reason why they managed uh, to get like Blu-ray releases of Enterprise was because it was at that point where they were filming in HD. Yeah, mm-hmm. they didn't have to do the remaster. But um, with uh, with the documentary, it's such a well-balanced uh, piece because he manages to do what like any good documentary does, and he tells a story. And it's very well done. It, I mean, the, the story's good because it's only like an hour and a half long, but honestly, I wished it was more like two and a half hours or three hours. I, I could have watched it for hours and hours. Yeah. yeah. And they, they've got the best of the best in there. And yeah, like you say, Wayne, just told a good story. There's so much uh, humour. You definitely come in, uh, come away from it learning certain things about uh, like the behind the scenes of the show. Mm-hmm. And uh, you you get to love the cast even more than uh, I didn't. I didn't. I, because for, for some time now, deep space nine and enterprise have been my favorite shows, but I didn't go into watching what we leave behind thinking that I could walk out loving deep space nine more than I did when I walked in there. Mm-hmm. And I absolutely fucking did. Yeah, totally. And it, so when I, when I see this thing, I'm going to want to go back and watch it all from Emissary through again. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Absolutely. But it doesn't take much to get me to want to do that at the best of times, really. Yeah. No. Oh, no, you're going to want to do it. And the, the thing is, I hope that they've got like six hours of, you know, like, outcuts. Oh, I hope so, yeah. The interviews and things, because oh, it's, it's amazing. And also, uh, it's... It, it's so and also, it's really funny. Yeah, it's really, really funny. Yeah, but yeah. it's they've definitely made he's made the effort there to make it as funny as possible. Yeah, and it's brilliant. It's you you can tell the like the uh, you can tell just like the tone of the documentary straight away when it opens up. Well, I'll give you this: it opens up with Max Gradenchik singing. Yeah. <laughs> And it's fucking epic. It was as awesome Max or as Rom? As we Max. Were, yeah, okay. we were literally just speaking to him like minutes before we watched the film. So then for it to like open with that, we were just like awesome. And I, I don't know if you know, but we had him at our first convention, me and Wayne. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, that, was, that was cool. So did, you got a chance to catch up with him at DST? Yeah. 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 No, we did. Yeah, and he's a really good dude. Is, uh, that's, is funny because uh, he was really happy to see us as well oh good yeah yeah no that's the thing is it what was it he said on the red carpet as soon as he saw us he's well, like 
Go oh. to, to go to the Sci-Fi Collective um, YouTube channel, which you're on right now. I, I yeah. Think. Uh, and you'll see two separate interviews with him. Uh, oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. He, he, the first thing he says is, oh, it's so good to see a friendly face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he, he seems like a really good guy. I mean, just based on when you guys had him at UConn and when I met him for like the two minutes years ago in Melbourne, he just seems like the most genuine guy yeah. in the world. Oh, absolutely. And the thing is, we're determined to, at some point, once the cons are making enough money, to have him back just because we want to spend more time with him. Yeah. Not for any fucker else. We just because you want to catch up with a mate. Yeah. In fact, exactly. like, we, we've actually gone on record on this part as saying our first convention we did, it wasn't a disaster. It just wasn't anywhere near what we hoped it would be. But uh, mine and Wayne's best memory from that weekend was just having dinner with Max. Yep. That that was awesome. Like screw the convention and all the stress that we had with that. Just sitting down in a pub, just drinking and eating. Yeah, sitting down in a pub, with, like with his real family. Moment. Oh, yeah. it was brilliant. It was brilliant, and that's the thing. And also, then it was nice. That, uh, I think he was off getting autographs at some point when I was speaking to him next time, and. Max is uh, DSC. Max is introducing us to uh, Armin Shimmerman and other people. Yeah, right. And, and it's it, it just as not as like, oh, here's an attendee, but it's like, oh, he, yeah. he, here's he's Wayne. He's a great guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's really cool. And that's absolutely lovely. So you when you get that recognition Armin back, it's great. You might mm-hmm. have met Armin Shimmerman, Wayne, but I met uh, Quark that weekend. That's <laughs> yeah. it. And his makeup looked brilliant. It that looked weekend. It really did. Awesome. It really did. So I saw. Sorry. Go on. Um, I, I didn't, didn't mean to jump in there. No. It's I right. saw Max and um, Max and Aaron were yeah. here again a couple of years ago, a few years ago now, and they had the makeup on, and it just looked terrible. It's like someone had just slapped it on with a trowel and just put the it's ears 50/50. on. It's fifty-fifty. Sometimes it looks good, and sometimes it doesn't. And this year here, it didn't look that great. Uh, but but Armin's they really they they did it as well as they possibly could. He yeah, looked just the like he comes Armin's, straight off the set. It's because Armin's as well. They had his original headpieces. Yeah. What right, is, that would make sense. And his original makeup artist as well. The same mm-hmm. woman that was doing it every single show. Mhm. And so they knew yeah. what they were doing. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But no, honestly. Uh, so determined to have him back at some point in the future because he, he, him and his family just absolutely lovely, so yeah, lovely. Sure. So, and that's the thing. I, at that point, I'd make it a two-day con just so that we could spend the whole weekend. <laughs> <laughs> but no, so it's oh shit. Um, we should mention as well. I know I mentioned it on uh, the pod last week with Rick. Uh, we've got the date for our next con. Oh, Ooh. yeah, we've not actually said it. We, we haven't, haven't said yet. it for the world. I mentioned it last week. Uh, <laughs> once again, I've not, I've not listened yet because I wasn't there because I was ill. I'm, I'm still ill, but I was iller then. That's it. But, yes, so we are holding our third convention, the Sci-Fi Palooza 2 uh, at Kings Langley, Hertfordshire on November 9th. So you've all got plenty of time to uh, book it up. Once again, we are going for 
the very, very high entry price of £3 per adult. Uh, Under-12s get in for free. And we have got uh, John Carrigan confirmed as coming uh, to the convention. And he's going to be running his uh, superhero combat class. Uh, which, because anyone who doesn't know uh, John for all of the various Star Trek uh, like online roles that he's played, uh, he's also a stuntman that's working all the time as well as a martial arts expert. Yeah. And, um, but with his stunt stuff, he's going to be putting on a combat class to show people how uh, like certain fight scenes are choreographed uh, in the films and also like how camera tricks uh, play a certain aspect and then also teach people how to do a few uh, superhero fight scenes uh, themselves. I'm involved in that, definitely. I'm not going to miss that. Yeah, so it's going to be good fun. We've got uh, all of the dealers who came last uh, last year and the year before are wanting to come back as well. So we've got uh, plenty of dealers. We've got room for a couple more. Uh, we're also uh, going to be having loads of games, activities, everything going on. And we are also having our after party and disco in the evening. So you've got plenty of time to book your hotel and uh, stay overnight with us and have a pint. Because it's it's going to be a real good uh, good time, and we're looking for suggestions at the moment for what the theme for uh, the after party should be. So and before JD says it, yeah, if we could fly you out, we would, but we can't. <laughs> at the moment, <laughs> you, you, you knew it was coming. <laughs> yeah, at the moment we can't fly Max out. So after exactly. Max, you're next. But <laughs> you've known yeah. me longer than you've known him. Come on. <laughs> Yeah, Be but the thing away. is, he's a nice guy. <laughs> oh, why did you break my heart? That buggy got me up. <laughs> You'd only get two autographs as well. Sign. So, I, I don't know. I, no, you're right. <laughs> yeah, I had to charge through the nose for it. <laughs> I had oh, to charge yeah. through the nose for it to make it worth my while coming. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, so really looking forward to it. Uh, Want to find out any details? Head on over to the sci-fi collective.com forward slash sci-fi palooza or head on over to the Facebook page and we've got an event on there as well. And uh, it's been a really good response so far. It's been excellent. Yeah, the- I'm really pleased with it. Every- everything's going right. We, we just go from strength uh, to strength with the convention yeah. stuff. F- first weekend after announcing already, uh, uh, well, within two days we had just under 100 people mark themselves as going or interested in the oh, event. And yeah. so now we're up about the 120 odd mark at the moment. So, uh, yeah, really, uh, really happy with the initial re- response from people. And I just want everybody to come down and enjoy the weekend with us. We're not charging the world. So, Oh, we're charging fuck all, to be fair. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Anything less than anything less than a less fiver to get in. Bucks. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. That's you can't sure argue. Be a, that's right. You're throwing away some coins. It's yeah. I think it's great. Yeah. I'm actually really proud that you guys have started doing conventions. I think it's really really good. Cheers, oh, mate. Cheers, mate. Yeah, it's a it was a learning curve, and uh, we're yeah. always continuing to learn. Yeah, and uh, this year I think is going to be like, our best convention yet. So I know it will as, be definitely. As someone who spent four years running live entertainment events, I know what that learning curve is like. It is steep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The year one was the steepest one. Yep. 
yeah, year one was by far the steepest one, but no, it's, um, yeah, so, no, really looking forward to it. Uh, anyone, if anyone thinks, are they going to get more guests? No, we're not getting any more guests. We're just having John Carrigan uh, come along, because he's been with us at all of our previous he's our events. Guest of honor. But he's a part of the family as well now. So Yeah, another really, really good bloke. Really good guy. And also, I want to speak to him about his stories because he's uh, just had his second stint in um, like America uh, like doing personal bodyguard uh, work for William Shatner. And, he, and he's, he's already shared some excellent Shatner stories with us. Yeah. And, and I know he's going to have more now. And the thing is, it's... it's Going in, it, we, it, before discussing it with John, after meeting Shatner at DST and seeing how he behaves with certain people, my opinion of him had really gone downhill. But oh, the stories, but the stories that John uh, told us, literally, yeah. we're sitting there having a drink, and the, like the hairs on the back of my neck were tingling. They were like weird. so fucking touching stories. It almost convinced me to pay sixty-five quid for a photo with William Shatner a couple of months like I didn't in the end but <laughs> it tempted what was, really what was your what's your William Shatner story Wayne that made you have a low opinion of him well it's just a question of how he fucking was treating fans at DSC it's too long a story like we'll, we'll do the short version <laughs> yeah, we'll do the quick... short version with you like offline but we'll get John Carrigan on this pod soon to tell it himself yeah. oh no no, right. no JD's asking why our opinion had gone downhill. Oh, why, why it was low of him before? Yeah. yeah. Oh, sorry. Other than like the standard Shatner stories that you've heard, what was your actual no, personal story a, from that day? It was just a question of uh, like seeing how many hundreds of people had queued up and uh, to get like photos with him and going into like that photo section to have a photo with him and he was sitting on a stool facing the camera, talking to the camera guy, and ignoring the fans walking up to him. The fans would just stand behind him, just to the side. He would then stop, smile, like, picture, and they would walk off. He wouldn't acknowledge them whatsoever. Uh, uh, and you were the... one of them in 2012, right? Wasn't yeah, it? You at, the, at the first one, you got all five captains, didn't you? I did, I did, yeah. And the, and the thing is, I was the lucky one in, like... I saw about like nine different people get their photos done and i was the only person out of those nine people that he acknowledged in any way oh really yeah no and just said like hi thanks for coming and that's fine that's fine but those eight people before me yeah literally he blanked up doesn't it? it it adds up especially with social media and stuff with people sharing that stuff now like it just gets out there doesn't it yeah and also, but also then I would see how he would, just seeing how he would talk to people, there was such disinterest. And then whenever a camera would be pointing at him, he would he just switch on. it on. Yeah, I'd believe that. And that it just disappointed me. It just disappointed me, especially when on that day I had photos with every other captain. And they were absolute polar opposite Avery Brooks yeah and, <laughs> oh, it's, they, they were all they were all brilliant and 
it, Shatner was the only one that I came away with some sort of like taste in my mouth. Yeah. But, uh, but no, the the stories that John uh, told, we sh- we definitely need to get him on the pod. Oh, definitely. Yeah, we we we'll be fools not to at this point now. Well, whilst he's at home there. injured, we should try time. and get him. Yeah, definitely. While he's fucked at home, we'll, uh, <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll give him something to do. <laughs> so, with, with speaking of captains and and your photos with all five of them, Wayne. Now that there's a six TV show, who do you get the photo with? Do you get it with the captain from Discovery or the main character from Discovery? Because yeah, they're not one, one, the one Because then you're gonna need Jojo. You're gonna need Lorca. You're yep. going to need whoever takes over. Tilly? She was the captain in the Mirror Universe episodes? Who do you... Exactly. Well, I, no. I really dig the captains, not the focus of that show. Just to segue back to what we were talking about. I thought I think, that was cool before it even started. Yeah, I thought that was a great idea. I, th- I, I think really it would cool be the main right? character. I think it would be... Yeah, I think it would be Sasha. Because it's much more... Not only are they the captains... They're, they're the lead. They're, yeah. the, they're the lead character. So that is what I would go by. But at some point, I would like... Uh, well, fucking, I'm not as rich as Jude. I can't afford to have a photo with every single... I'm not rich. It's just like <laughs> every penny I saved in 2018, I spent Wait, on convention pictures. And 16. Yeah, and 16. <laughs> <laughs> and every other con in between. Yeah. <laughs> Just all the big ones. So I, yeah. Hang on, I'm getting them now. What are, what are you doing? Uh, I, I'm on for the podcast. The album. I, I'm doing for the, the long podcast album. listeners. Jude's waving stuff in front of his camera. Oh, they're not in here. Where the hell have they gone? What are you looking for? There. I was just going to answer JD's question and say both. I got a picture with Lorca and uh, Burnham, but now. Oh no, right. Now they're now they're lost. That's that's. It's £100 lost. Good job. Yeah. Well, probably more than that. Yeah. I don't know where they're See, I told you he was fucking rich. Definitely. <laughs> There's me wanting That's £3 cool. for entry to a convention. Jude's fucking swinging. <laughs> Jude's spending £150 to get a photo with, with Robert Englund. That's yeah. That's yeah, not related at all. No. Oh, sorry. I, I thought they were in here. I haven't... Oh, I'll dude. find them next time. I think the only Star Trek cast I've got photos with are both Daxes. Yeah. And that's one worth having. Because we don't get a lot of Trek cast at our conventions down here. Because we don't have, like, dedicated... Because, like, even Trek aren't running their cons anymore. Oh, we literally... Fuck you, Jude. Fuck <laughs> you and your Kevin Nash photo. Oh, the tra- for the Star Trek listeners, Kevin Nash is my favourite wrestler of all time, and Jude's just shown me a photo of him with him. So you can fuck off, mister. Um... <laughs> Yeah, no, we don't get a lot of Star Trek cast to conventions, and even when they do book them, Jonathan Frakes, they don't come. Oh, no, he does that to us now. He, he does it to everyone. Five, he's been cancelling for five years or more, I think. Wait, no, I'm all right. I, I've got his photo. I've got my photo yeah. with him. And he's yeah, yeah, all I'm fine. I think by well, the time I actually meet that guy, he's going to be unrecognisable. He's going to look like he did it in, in in the future in all good things. I, I think he'll you know he'll look better in that than he does when. when yeah, well. <laughs> yeah, Patrick Stewart looks the same as he did in Farpoint. Yeah. Yeah. But no, this yeah. is what I'm saying. We don't get a lot of Star Trek cast. I think the last one we had in Adelaide, which is fuck off a long way away from here, was Gates McFadden was here. Like we make if we get one Star Trek cast member at one of our big conventions, we're doing really well. Like the year we had both Max and Aaron. 
that was like, wow, there's two Star Trek casts at a convention. So we we don't get a lot of choices to who comes out. Like occasionally the book Will Wheaton, but I think that's less about booking him as Wesley Crusher and they're just booking him because he's Will Wheaton, Messiah of the Nerds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the fact that you guys get a DST, which has got every bastard in the world at it, I think is unreal. Yeah. And I get a little bit jealous because you're like, here's this person and that person and this. But I'm like, that's like 20 years worth of visitors to Australia. It's because we're so far away. They've yeah, got to yeah. make it worth the while to bring out these guests. It? It's just money. Well, but that said, our, our conventions have been bringing out the same guests for years and people have stopped going because bring out new people. And again, it's sad. It's the distance thing because we're in the wilderness. Yeah, yeah you got uh, the, uh, the the Red Dwarf cast that one time. They actually came out twice. They, we had um, we did we had media access, but didn't get interviews the following year, which was just fucking weird. No, the year we had um, Bobby Craig and Danny on the show was really cool. And then the following year, they were going to bring out Craig, Craig Charles, Danny John Jules, I think, and they were going to bring rumor Chris Barry, but Chris Barry ended up pulling out because he is deathly afraid of flying. Will not get on a plane to save his life. Because one time he was on a flight when he was younger, there was turbulence, and he's just developed this massive phobia. So that's why they booked Craig and Danny to come with him, and they were going to sit with him on the plane, and about a week before, he's like, I cannot do it. And so he, they, they sent a heap of stuff over for him to sign. He sent it back for all the fans that had pre-booked stuff for him. They had him on the screen doing a Q&A, and this is just a random convention story that's come and gone from nowhere. And no, what, no, but that... Uh, well, I can... Uh, and- in contrast, but well, obviously he's English. But Chris Barry like appears at like every other convention over yeah. here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's because he can get on a fucking train or he can drive. <laughs> I know it's uh, it's one of those things. But it, I would have loved to have had uh, one of the Dwarf Boys uh, on the convention, but uh, they. I don't think I should really discuss their costs. <laughs> Let's just say um hi. Uh, higher than my budget, but um, a lot less than uh, TNG cast. <laughs> a hell of a lot less. We, we're going to have an offline discussion about this. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, definitely. I don't think I should put their budget. No, I, I don't. Well, I, I think as, as a respect to the performers, I don't think we should either. But we're going to talk about it later. Yeah, but we exactly. Red Dwarf actor prices or something. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, exactly. Didn't, didn't you guys book? Didn't you guys have Hattie Hayridge last we year? We did have Hattie Hayridge. Yeah, and uh, that's the thing. She was a lovely person, great oh, yeah. to meet. However, she's the only reason why I didn't make a profit last year. <laughs> oh, really? Because <laughs> you had to pay for Hattie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, she, she, we, we called her like the the icing on the cake or the cherry on the cake, and it was just yeah. too much. Uh, if we hadn't uh, done that, we would have been all right. Well, yeah. we're all right anyway, but you know it would have we're been a fine. tiny bit of a profit. That, that's the thing; it just it would have been the difference between breaking even and profit. So, yeah. <laughs> so it doesn't matter. It, it and doesn't if that's matter. and if that's her, I can only imagine what the rest of them like further up the totem pole you get. Oh yeah, yeah definitely. I just uh, so that... briefly that I had Holly in my well, I drove Holly in my car. That's yeah. cool. To the train station, and I just des- desperately wanted her to say, "Oh, there's a speck of dust." <laughs> but yeah, she was she, really nice. Well, this is cool. Is she? Yeah. Yeah. So, without but, saying numbers, are the four boys all the same number? No, I think but the four uh, main cast, roughly. All right. Roughly within. You can imagine. You can imagine which ones in order. You know how they go up. I, I'm sure you'd guess it just right. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, no, it, it's roughly. There's not much difference. No, it's there's not within. much difference. But I then that's for, what we, for, that... for for like the TNG cast, um, oh, like you're then Insanity, like times it like by that. five. Yeah, and you would have Patrick Stewart off the scale, then Frakes spine up. I haven't even inquired about Patrick Stewart just to see how much. The, the highest <laughs> we, we looked was was. Uh... Well, we can say it because we're not. Was Marina Cersus? Marina, yeah, crazy. It's like, nope, that's never ever happening. Yeah, and that's Marina. So you yeah, can only imagine what Brent Spiner or Michael Dorn or one of the, yeah, exactly. Because I would imagine she'd be one of the lower end of the totem pole as far as costs go to get. Yeah, I mean, right now, uh, I presume in Australia you have pantomime and know what panto is. Yeah, she, we don't. We don't have a lot of it, but we know what it is. Yeah. Well, she's doing that in the UK, in the UK right now. So if she's doing that, then you know. Well, the thing is, Panto's a pretty good payer. Uh, like, it, it, it's it's not a bad gig, uh, money-wise. I'm sure the money's okay. You know, I'm sure she's very happy. But like a lot of actors, kind of look down on it, don't they? It depends. Conversely, conversely, sorry, Wayne. A lot of the home and away and neighbours actors in oh, the I've off seen filming them. season. They, I've, I've seen they love it. Home and Away actors here in the UK. I saw this Al is what I'm saying. from Home and Away. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's a national icon, and we won't hear a word against yeah. him, you find him laugh. Oh, no, um, I'm not against him. <laughs> no, I just, people do. <laughs> um, this is what they do. They do their, their stints doing Home and Away and Neighbours and whatever trash we've got on TV at the time, because Australian TV, not always so great. But then they'll fuck off for six months to do Panto or whatever the Panto season is. Yeah. And they'll just come back with, like, wads and wads of cash from this thing. And that's their main source of income. And they just do Home and Away as, like, their bread money. Oh, actually, I saw Paul Robinson as well once from Neighbours. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Cool. Good story. I've yeah. never watched an episode of Neighbours in my life. I used to love Paul Robinson in Neighbours. But the thing is, he's gone off and he's big in America now. Which character was he? No, no, that's the character name. I've no idea what oh. the actor's called. Well, fuck. Yeah. I've got a friend called Paul Robinson who was one of my wrestlers. <laughs> yeah. No, I... I don't know that one. Oh. If you had Paul on one of your shows, that'd be unreal. I'll tell you what. My coolest neighbour's actor story, it's still not a, really a story. It's yeah, a it's got nothing to do with Star Trek, but what the fuck, Gary? No, nothing to do with Star Trek. He was, he was called Benito in Neighbours. He was like the dad of the family. He was like Italian. No. Um, but when I was uh, on holiday slash living in Adelaide, I just saw him walking down the street. But the actor is in Mad Max. He's in Mad Max in like a really tiny role. So I was more bothered about that at the time than... You're like, it's the dude from Fury Road! Yeah, exactly. No, not that one. No, years before... <laughs> oh, one of the old, like... oh, one of the original Mad Maxes. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, he was in like probably the second one. And I will have seen him in, like, 1999, I think it was. Yeah, right. Oh, right. So this is not a recent story. Oh, no, no, no. Not really a story at all. Just me getting it. It's excited. an amusing anecdote that you could workshop into a story. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but, um, yeah, no. Th- uh, I know that Marina's also going to be uh, performing in theatre in London uh, June, July uh, this year as well. She's doing, like, a sci-fi production. Yeah, right. From what I can tell. But I mean, she'll, as we've established, she'll do just about anything if you throw money at her. Wayne, do you remember interviewing her in a caravan? Yeah. 
That was a it's, good night. It's a brilliant. It's a it, that's what a brilliant <laughs> memory. And she said during the interview, <laughs> during the interview, because I said to her, "So, what's the link with you and Caravan?" She's like, "No link whatsoever." Money. But if you're gonna, but if someone's willing to pay for me to have a flight home and pay me to do it, <laughs> then I'm happy. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, yeah that so, but I no, I I love the frank honesty from her because it's, if you if you haven't followed her on Twitter, she's real good at the frank honesty. Oh yeah, I had in the past. Yeah, she she's definitely a funny character, which is why we we looked into getting her to be honest, because we knew that she would be an excellent guest and a, a, and a proper laugh. So speaking of the of the next gen cars, I'm I'm, I'm going to do a wilderness style segue. How many of them do you reckon are coming back for the Picardia, at least in a guest spot? Not all of them. Um, I reckon maybe a couple. I I don't reckon I, more than I that. Say, I would say Marina and uh, Frakes. I think the most likely. And maybe Gates. Gates. I reckon the most likely is Gates. Yeah. I, I think those three are the most likely. And Will Wheaton probably will be all silly about money now. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I reckon if they. If they had something good for him to do on the show, mm-hmm. like they're not just come and sit at the end of a table and get your scenes cut out of a movie. If they actually had something real for him to do, that's a very subtle knock to Nemesis there. Yeah, I, I reckon he'd probably do it if it was decent enough and you know money. Yeah, yeah but the thing is, I think Will would. Yeah, I, I, I think he would do it more uh, just to come back and do it rather than the money, because yeah. uh, because he has grown to love. Like the franchise, it well, like JD said, it depends on what they gave him to do, really. But do do you think that Picard in that timeline? Because obviously we saw how things were in all good things. Do you think Picard would have ended up marrying Crusher? Look, I think well, he did. We, no, we no, I mean in this. Now, in the prime line, the prime line. I, well, prime I don't line. know exactly when it is. Like, I'm guessing he'll already be divorced. If okay. they're going down, I, look, I don't think they'll have them have been married and divorced in in this new timeline. I don't see that happening. Don't. Oh. No, I think the only. I don't think they would have done that, and that's just my opinion as a fan. I think they're going to try and avoid that all good things future, just for the sake oh, of it. Because okay. everything I've heard in the very very limited details that they've put out is that it's going to follow on from the destruction of Romulus. And the fallout of all of that. I know. Well, that's the thing. I know that a lot of uh, we keep having a go at them, but hardcore fanboys are like, no, because that means they're fucking acknowledging the JJ person. It's like, (laughs) well, no. And it's like, well, no, no. We can't have that. The thing is, uh, the JJ films, yes, they're set in the Kelvin timeline. However, we know that they start in the Prime timeline. Yeah. Uh, Like at the destruction of Romulus. Which was then why Nero had shit with Spock, and that's why they ended up getting sent back and creating the alternate timeline. Um, so I think it makes perfect sense uh, that it's set after that, because that is a cornerstone of that universe now. We know that Romulus does get destroyed. Um, especially given, sorry, Wayne. Especially no, go given for how much these actors have aged, it needs to be set X amount of years after. 
Exactly. And the thing is, I know that they've said that Picard will be in a drastically different position than he has been previously. Um, I wonder if we would have, I, I wonder if he would have learned the lessons that he was learning during those movies, as well as at the end of the series. I wonder if Picard would have had a family by this point and he would be like growing old with like kids and everything. And that's oh, when you can throw Will Wheaton in to like be that round there like opening Christmas presents. <laughs> I just had I just had the funniest idea. Him in his most drastically different role that he's ever had, not as the captain of a ship or an ambassador. What if we get Picard as the president of the Federation and we get West Wing in Star Trek? <laughs> well, the yeah, thing I'm going. The thing is, Actually, I think I. Th- I think that it's going to be a question. I've, I've I've viewed this a couple of times, so I apologise to listeners, but I don't think JD's heard it. So, um, I personally think that it's going to be a question of Picard is absolutely retired. However, they bring him out of retirement because some species or something that is going on, they uh, are calling in their best diplomat, and Picard was always. Like I, someone, I think that's a safe bet. Yeah. Something like that. Because the thing is, Picard was always the diplomat, and he's respected by everyone. So I think it's going to be a question of some shit is going to go down, and Picard is called in as the diplomat, and then gets drawn into something. Yeah. What about his aeromotic syndrome? <sighs> well, that's the thing. Uh, we... It'll be interesting to see if he did actually develop that, or whether that was just an aspect of uh, the all good things timeline that uh, that Q created for him. It'll be interesting. Be good, also, interesting. Yeah, sorry. No, go for it. Oh, it's going to be interesting to see just how many of those older references and things they actually carry through to this new series. Yeah, and I, uh, I, I say it to you as well, JD, because I know I've mentioned it already on the pod, so I apologise. But um, the way that I want the show to end, because I, I think I only want it to go one season. Yeah, just give just, us one. That we need. Just give us one season, because otherwise I'm worried that Patrick Stewart's going to die. That's um, been my concern, but I didn't want to jinx it and say it. Yeah, because I'm really worried about it. So, because uh, let's face it, he's not getting older, and we're all mortal. So, yeah. I want him to do just one season and do the story to wrap Picard up. I want the season to end with the death of Picard. And I said, like, what I would love. You is said this a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, is I would love Picard to uh, die at the end of it, giving everything for it. And I would love Q to be meeting him in the afterlife. So that's the only the only time John Delancey appears on the whole show. The only time. It just the turns up as you did you did and just a, you did well, Sean Logan, or something. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I think that's the thing. Don't have Delancey in anything except that scene to turn around and say, like, you've done well, Mon Capitan. Like, you... <laughs> now it's time to rest. Yeah. Exactly. No, and I think. But, but, I mean, I love that. But would that would that then cheapen Picard's death? Do I don't think? think so. I don't think so. I think it would be heart wrenching. I don't think yeah. so because that it have to be handled very delicately because you don't just want this gimmick 
Oh, no, 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 no. Okay, then. Maybe not call him Mon Capitan, but you'd be able to have a dialogue with with them. Well, I, I think the Mon Capitan could actually be handled really well. Like I said, immediately, but when he just gets it, you've done well, Mon Capitan. Time to rest. Yeah. You've done your bit, let it go. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. You'd, it'd think, have to be very delicately handled. It would ha- but the thing is, I think it makes sense to have Q in some way represented in that yeah. point because he was so yeah, because it because he had this affinity towards Picard. Yeah. It's like and, he says in the episode where he becomes human, you're the closest thing in all the galaxy in all the universe I have to a friend. Yeah. You're my best friend. Exactly. So there are I, four lots. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. Fucking best friend. You never saved me when I was getting tortured by the Cardassian. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> what kind of fucking friend are you? That's <laughs> like Superman. You've got to let them learn their own lessons. You can't just do everything for them. No, exactly. And the thing is, Q would know that he's going to be fine. Yeah. So Maybe Q, was, maybe Q was doing the subtle influencing and not... Maybe Q is gone. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? That is a question that I haven't argued in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> But if you remember my very first wilderness episode, we tackled Q. I'm yep. bringing it back. Oh, encyclical. Yeah, yeah. And any new listeners like to this show, just go back and it's still there. Go back and listen. Yeah, the amount of times yeah, that me and Mark argued the, uh, the, oh, the whether Q was God and whether Data was truly sentient. Yeah. Oh, that's you could literally go forever on that. Yeah. The only thing with this Picard show, I hope it doesn't just become a sentiment wank. Like I'm a nostalgia wank thing. Look, not just a nostalgia wank. I think the way that Disco does it, where they give us the real subtle nods, like they were talking about the USS T. Planahoff, which is such a deep pull from Spock's memory training in Star Trek Four that only the fucking nerdiest amongst us would recognise. I love that sort of thing, but don't just go, hey, look, here's this person, and here's this person. And well, that that's kind of what a lot of people would argue that uh, the latest Star Wars have been. Yeah, and I think... Um, it's a shame, really, you, you know, because even though when I was in the cinema, like, it, it pops you, you know, you're like, ooh! But, you know, now that I'm home, it's the same with them. I've not watched them a second time either. I just, I just can't bring myself to do it. It's like... I've watched The Force Awakens a lot, because... Esri, to, my, to our new listeners, my daughter's name is Esri. Yes, I win at being a nerd. Because Esri, being the age she was when she came out, she finally had a Star Wars character, like Star Wars lead, Ray, that she could get behind. Because mm-hmm. she, yeah. she's so little, she never really got into the original trilogy. But Ray came along, and suddenly, oh my God, here's this character. So that's why we've seen Force Awakens so many times. But oh. yeah, she, I don't think she's ever sat and watched Last Jedi, and I almost envy that. Yeah. <laughs> No, look, Tangent, Last Jedi is not a bad film. I'm going to voice some unpopular opinion again. I cinema, but I, 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 just, I don't know. I just, I just don't feel the urge at home. Look, and the problem, and, and I'm going to tell you why, and this is going to blow your mind, because the pacing is all over the place, and the subplot with Finn and What's-A-Face and that shit with Benicio Del Toro, they slot that into the film... And it just bogs down the whole thing. And by the time it gets back to the interesting stuff with Kylo Ren and Rey, you've lost all interest in the movie. It was odd, yeah. It the, was thing odd. Is, the thing with Finn is... Um, I don't. Uh, I, I can't remember the name of the character of the girl that falls for him. Um, I want to say Paige. 
Yeah. That might be the actor's name. Um, but I don't mind her character in the slightest whatsoever. It annoyed me because I just felt that Finn and Ray were kind of like bonding and felt like they should have been a couple before... Oh, there's still time. There's still time. Well, I don't even think necessarily a couple. I think they should have just been besties. For fuck's sake, in the original, Leia was getting off with her brother, so, you know, who knows what will happen. That's yeah, well, the series needs. It, the new ones need some more incest. Yeah. Fuck, <laughs> why? <laughs> <laughs> what, you Oh, no, no, no. I was about to go full wilderness with this discussion, then, and That's I can't do that. Throw in, throw in some first cousins and... <laughs> <laughs> You're Star Wars fans thinking that they want everything to be like the old movies and then we got everything. We got a remake of fucking Star Wars when Episode 7 came out. It's the same movie, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. And the fans hated that. It's like, for fuck's sake, what do you want? Yeah, no, it's it, you're never going to make everyone happy. And the thing is, as um, I think the Trek fan base needs to look at the Star Wars fan base and just realize, like, have some self contemplation and go, like, okay, we need to not go down that road. Yeah, definitely. The point I keep making on Twitter whenever any of these assholes start is four words, people infinite diversity, infinite combinations. It's right there in fucking edict. It's the core of everything we do. Yeah, exactly. And the thing is, it's if. As far as I'm concerned, I'm I'm happy for these uh, for there to be slight inconsistencies when it comes to happen. certain aspects of the show, as long as it fits the narrative and it's being done in a way that isn't at the detriment of the show. Yeah. Or at least if they try and explain those inconsistencies, you know. Eventually. I mean, we've got seven hundred and some odd episodes worth of Star Trek. You're gonna get stuff that contradicts other stuff. Mm-hmm. It's going to happen. You, you, it already exists. Go back and watch any episode. Well, not any episode. You're going to find examples in any of the original four series of shit being contradicted and things like that. We go, well, we can't do that. You've already said you can't do this, but it happens anyway because storytelling and it's all make-believe. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly. what we say on here all the time. Yeah. I didn't mean to just come on the show and shit on, on the arsehole fans, by the way. <laughs> just, no, so don't happened. worry no, about right. it. If, if they were ever listening to this show in the first place, they're gone by now. Yeah, well... <laughs> no, honestly, there is... I don't think they any hardcore us. fans would have ever listened to Trackmate. Well, yeah. but what, what about... Is, the, is it the hardcore vocal minority that are the hardcore fans? Or is it people like us that are all like, eh, it's all fine. Who were the... Um, actually, this is segue into something I've been thinking about recently. I'm just going to take over your show again. This whole thing where people talk about true fans, like, and it's these hardcore assholes that are like, you're not a true fan if you like Discovery. Yeah. You're not a true fan if you can't list every DAX hosting order. If you can't this, that, and the other. Fuck you. If you only want to watch Voyager and that's the only show you like, fuck it, you're a Trekkie. If you only want yeah. to watch six seasons of DS9 because the last one annoyed you, fine. You're a Star Trek fan too. Yeah, but the no thing one is, person I... can define what a fan is for someone else. No, I think yeah. I think the true fan is the fan that accepts other fans for any aspects of Trek that they like, rather than having to bitch and shit on them. Because the thing is, everyone, the fan base has always had a how big is your Trek cock uh, attitude towards it. <laughs> uh, like, 
fucking oh yes but how many times have you watched this series have you seen all of this have you done this have you done that can you tell me the name of the ship uh tell me what class of fucking runabout this is tell me it's like it's like no you don't have to know all of the fucking ins and outs of every show no you just need to have a passion for the show and uh and just treat treat people with the star trek ethos treat people mm-hmm. respectfully and like try and better yourself and better the fan community so these Which people that try to like sh- ends up being a host of a star trek podcast <laughs> exactly i was fucking scraping the barrel with that one but... yeah. <laughs> <laughs> could have been worse could have been me <laughs> <laughs> oh but no and uh, i'm sure there was another point i was going to make on fandoms uh, but um but toxic fandoms exist with everything it's not exclusive yeah. to star wars and stuff no. it's no. just that the, the the fans that are more positive need to just be i think the trick is for us to not go down the star wars route is just that whenever one of these dickheads uh acts a certain way is just that we have to call them out on it yeah. and we have to tell them that no that shit's not down you can't I do tell you who i, I tell you who's that. really good at that sorry Jude, Cara. no you go you go i was just saying i tell you who's really good at calling out these arsehole fans especially on twitter former host of 10 Forward and Delta Quadrant and Upper Pylon 2, Matt Hansen. Matty will yeah. not take shit from any asshole fan. Good. Yeah. And he will call him out, he will point it out for what it is, and I love that he does it. And he's... Yeah. No, it's fucking spot on. It's spot on, because that that's what we need to do. I don't... You'll always have people that then uh, claim that they're getting bullied. However, uh, fuck them, because... It's a question of uh, you shouldn't have been treating other people that way in the first place. We're meant to be a welcoming community. We're meant to try and at least aim for the Star Trek ethos. Yeah, I never, is... I never get it really with uh, so-called Star Trek fans just being so ignorant of other people. I, I never understand that. The irony of that is not lost on on me. Yeah. It is lost on them because like the whole thing about this the Star Trek philosophy is accept everybody. Let's just all be mates. And you're different. You've got a weird thing on your head. Sweet, come be on my ship. Yeah. It's like, you're green. That's cool. You're blue with weird things pointing out the top of your head. All good. You do you, buddy. And yeah. and this is, why, this is where a lot of the really interesting Star Trek episodes come from, is when something is so radically different, and, they have to, and the crew are like, that's weird and different. We've got to find a way to accept that. And credit where it's due, the Orville have actually done, yeah, right, a really good job of that with um, the engineer dude, whose name completely escapes me, the real big fucking hulking guy. Um, him and his boyfriend. Oh, yeah. yeah. Him and, um, something um, like that? No, yeah, something, something like that. There was an episode, I don't know if you guys have seen it yet. Well, they have a child. Have you seen yeah, that yeah, one? Yeah, we have yeah. seen that, yeah. Yeah, and... In their, in their society, everything's male, and their custom is if a female child's born, you do a genetic reassignment. And that, that female child then has a, gene, a DNA fucked with and becomes male. And that was a really interesting episode of that show where they actually tackled one of these things that we're talking about from Trek. And I'm 100% credit where it's due. That was when they actually, and without going into any spoilers, they come back to that in season two and they revisit that ethical dilemma. And that's actually some of the best storytelling that show has done. Excellent. No, because that was a really hard-hitting episode yeah. for a comedy show. It yeah. was. It, it was very Trek. 
But somehow that show that and again, the, I mean, the show is really, really well written. I really like the Orville. I don't want to shit on that. I just don't like the people say it's more Trek than Trek. That show, that particular episode of that show, while being incredibly hard hitting with that ethical dilemma, was still hilarious. Oh, it really was. Well, yeah, still, yeah, get the comedy in there somewhere, don't they? Yeah, picky moments. And this yeah. is this is where Star Trek, as I, as I was saying before, is always at its most interesting, where they have to overcome these things that are so. This is like your prime directive violation episodes are some of the most compelling storytelling there is. It's like this thing's real fucked up. That's the way they do it. We don't agree with it. Do we? Do we get involved? I can't think of any episodes off the top of my head other than that one, again, with gender, funnily enough, where Will Riker falls in love with the guest of the week, because that's what he does. Um, yeah. The girl, the, the female actor Without played, the, yeah, the gender one, where they didn't have any genders and they were identifying as one gender or another, and this society was evolving. And I just thought that was, that's, that's what Trek's at its best, when it's like, you're different, but that's okay, and we're going to try a way to work around it. We're not going to make you be like us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, exactly. As you said, it's the prime directive. Yeah, and that's just don't get involved where you're not supposed to, even when people want you to. And that's another part of that Star Trek ethos. Is don't stick your nose in where it doesn't belong. Exactly, exactly. And fuck, I, I've had so many arguments with people over the years might, who might don't really get the concepts of the Star Trek message. <laughs> it's like, look, I'm not being funny, but you can't be a Trekkie fan and a racist. So, <laughs> always surprises me. Always. Oh, I, I love that. It's <laughs> the two do not go together. It's no, they are out there. You, well, it's, it's like well, we said, on the internet, they're always there, aren't they? Oh, they're always there. Yeah, they're but I love the space battles. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> proportionate to how many just normal stories are, there's not that many battles in Star Trek when you think about it. No, not no, all. you have to wait quite a while sometimes. Yeah. But then when you Absolutely. get them, they're fucking unreal. Oh, sometimes, yeah. yeah, some really awesome stuff in there. Guys, um, I was earlier on, I didn't know if you two might do it, but for like an hour and a half, I looked on eBay to find a crap collectible of the week. Oh, it's crap collectible time. Did I, you find I, one? I don't know if it is because, like, really, my memories of of it when you did it was that it had to be crap, <laughs> but it had to be expensive as well. Like, Not necessarily. It didn't have to be expensive. We just happened to find some really expensive stuff, like the night Emma guested um, on the show, and we found that fucking Shatner mask that was. Well, yeah, that that's that's always what sticks in my head as the sort of. One. But that was the exception rather than the rule. We had this weird fucking doll once that was this lifelike looking baby doll in the Star Trek uniform. That was us. Was that, was that you that did that? Yeah. Um, that's probably why I remember it. It was the yeah. most recent one. And then we had like the cereal box was another one. And yeah, if you've got something, send it through and I'll, and I'll see if okay. I can remember how to All crap All right, I'll, I'll give it to you guys. If, if you don't think it's crap enough, you two, then we'll just leave it. But just type in to uh, eBay. Just go on eBay. Uh, Hold on. Uh, put it as ebay.co.uk uh, so, oh, so you get the same thing as we do, JD. .co.uk. But it, it's actually from America, but it's only like it's like ten dollars, and then it's like thirty dollars um, shipping uh, to the UK. It's uh, rare, nineteen ninety-seven. Applause, Star Trek Deep Space Nine, diorama. 
And this is official merchandise. Like I searched for like an hour and a half and I saw a whole bunch of things. And this was the only thing where I was like, what the hell is that? That just looks so dodgy. I couldn't believe that it was an official thing. I thought it was like some school kid had made it or something. Right, so hold on a sec. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and do an experiment for you, Jude. Yeah. Yeah. Now, the third rule clearly states, never spend more for an acquisition. <laughs> <laughs> and now, the collectible of the week on Trekmate in the Wilderness. <laughs> Did that come through? Yeah, it did. Perfect. Um, I, I don't have... I don't have it. I couldn't find it. Oh, no, here it is. There's nine the diorama. Applause. Diorama Odo, the search. Can you... No? Yeah, yeah, it's Odo, yeah. Deep Space Nine yeah. diorama Odo. It's £7.35. To us, it's US dollars nine forty nine. Yeah, yeah, and then yes. underneath it... Yeah, 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 I got it. They've got right. loads of pictures of it. They've got about, like... 10, 15 wait on, wait on. pictures of it. and Let me see if I remember how to do this. <coughs> wait a minute. Let, let me go proper crap collectible of the week with this. What we're looking at is the rare 1997 applause Star Trek Deep Space Nine Diorama Odo The Search L-E-M-I-B hashtag. I don't know what the hashtag's for. Where's <laughs> the description? Okay, hang on. Let me do the description as well. Old school style. You are bidding on a great vintage 1997 applause Star Trek Deep Space Nine series TV. This is all in multiple colours, mind you. Action diorama. This is a scene from... The, oh, my God. This is way too long. I'm not reading it. But it's number <laughs> 2078 of 5,000 of these fucking things. Yeah, but do you know what, dude? I actually absolutely recognise it. Oh, you do? I wondered if I, either of you might recognise it. As a thing that exists? or the, I mean, I recognise the moment. It's when he's flying around as a bird. No, yeah. as, as, as a thing that exists, because um, official, I used to have... It's official birch, yeah. Yeah, I used to have um, a few of these little dioramas, and um, I, I had actually seen this one. So how big is that, then? How, how big are these It's dioramas? It's literally like about... It's like about that sort of size. I can't. About I, that I'm sort of size. You, I'm looking at the. Oh right. Uh, yeah. yeah so, about about so, that sort of size. so about yeah. the size of your stock standard DVD case or a water bottle like or something. About like six, six to seven, like maybe six or seven inches high. Oh, I guess that explains. Minute, I was looking at it thinking it was massive. I thought that was like four feet tall or something. How big do you think this fucking table is? <laughs> it's like a pool table. Uh, wait a minute, let's see if the, dimen the dimensions are on here. This item is very detailed and well made. The weight is under 8 ounces. The dimensions for this item are approximately 5 inches five inches, oh, five inches. Five inches, five inches tall, 1.5 inches ah. wide, and 2.5 and inches deep. Maker's marks are seen on the item. See, if I'd have read the whole thing and done, done the segment properly, we'd have known. See, fucking look at me, always adding on an extra inch. <laughs> you know what? As far, I mean... It's fucking weird that these it things is. exist, hey. It's just, it's just like you a know the weirdest card, bit of it. I think cardboard with like a bit of plasticine on the top. The thing is, he's definitely yeah. done. No, that's not how the original looks. He's got a. He's got. Um, he's what? got packing paper or something wrapped around it to keep it safe. No, the thing that's yeah. over that. The thing is, by the looks of it. What he's done, it's almost like that's a bandage that he's just kind of yeah. wrapped over it to keep it together. Protected. Yeah. Well, you hopefully it's not to keep it, it together. For the, for the, if he's taken 15 photos, you'd think he'd 
surely you would have fucking unwrapped that because yeah. literally that bandage thing isn't there normally. It's just no, like, and you can see that by looking at it. It's the bird going into a yeah, it's the, the bird slightly walking less into bird, Odo. then a slightly less bird, and then into Odo. So <clears throat> yeah, no, that's not normally there. It just looks more. Sh- but the way he kept it wrapped like that for every single photo. Yeah. I'm assuming it's going to fall apart the moment that you fucking... Well, my, my thoughts on it, my thoughts are that it's it's that's the original wrap that he's had and he thinks it's going to be worth his seven pounds if he keeps that wrapping on it. But you would think, take it off for one good photo so people can see what they're getting. Because is, is there even a photo on the box of what it's no. supposed to look like? No. 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 No, don't think so. I think it's just, just a... Oh, wait. Uh, yeah, it's just a photo now. from the actual episode. And it's not it's yeah, not I... even that particular picture. It's not where that's happening. This yeah, because that's what I was, when it first came up. This is... I don't know. I mean, the, the segment was originally called Collectible of the Week, and it's only that we changed it to Crap Collectible Time when we went through some crap. So you've, you've done well, Jude. You've dug out a really interesting... For adult collectors only, this is not a toy. Well, you're not going to have hours of fun playing with it, I'll tell you that right now. No. Um, I mean, it's got an interesting little write-up on the bottom of the box and whatnot, on the side of the box. I'm sure Sorry, if I'm, I was still a billionaire, box. I would probably buy this. Oh, look, but, if you were a reclusive millionaire, like, I need every piece of Star Trek memorabilia yeah. ever, you would. But it, it literally just looks like somebody's got one of the Playmates action figures posed it in a position. Well, that's it. And then, I, I couldn't believe and it. And then out of clay the made these birds behind it. Yeah, that's what I thought. I thought, like, uh, you know, a junior school kid had made it. Which, if that it's, was it's the case, it would have been like, like an art that's, that's not too bad. But, you know, as soon as I read that, like, oh, that that's a real thing, I was like, oh, God. Okay, and they produced 5,000 of these things. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. And uh, people were, like, so uh, when like action figures and all these things people were so obsessed with trying to get as low a number as they possibly could yeah it's like I, I, this isn't I, even a low number well i not remember when that, not, no. when i got um i got a diorama from star trek the next generation uh, from star trek generations of picard and kirk both on horseback and i found someone selling it on uh, ebay and I was absolutely thrilled. Got it for hardly anything. I got it out of the box. Like, I'm opening it up. Holy shit, it's number four out of like the entire production run. Turn it over, one of the horse's legs was broke. <laughs> oh, wouldn't that change story on here? <laughs> you know what's really interesting about this particular seller? They've got more from this seller at the bottom. They're selling a Keiko O'Brien action figure for £1.93. Oh, I should have scrolled down. Let's have a look. Fucking Keiko. <laughs> fucking Keiko, because if you've ever, <laughs> anybody that ever remembers my show, we didn't have a lot of love for her. No. Yeah, but the postage is 23 quid. Yeah, well, you know, can't win them all. That's where they make their <laughs> money, see? It's a scam. It's not even a good likeness of Rosalind Chow. It looks more like Michelle, sorry, I've just segued into my own version of Crap Collectible here. It looks look- more like, it looks like Ro Laren. It does, you're right, it does look more like Ro. It's probably just the Ro Laren head they've just whacked on a random body. No, mate. I was, uh, no, we've got to fucking get onto this because we could absolutely repackage the uh, Keiko O'Briens as Mirror Universe Michelle Yeos. <laughs> <gasps> yeah, absolutely. That's the thing. Yeah, that, that's, that's just put a little badge on it. 
That's that's Mira Giorgio right there. <laughs> that's pretty close, actually. You're not wrong. Yeah, and that's wow. not even me like being funny in any way. That's a fucking it's money spin. It pick, looks like. Pick up. You can pick so, them ones up for pennies. Well, and then you know, twenty-three pounds of postage, which is fifty dollars <laughs> Australian thereabouts. Totally worth it. Hundred percent. Um, Mirror Universe. Oh, that's what, something that I wanted to mention. Mm-hmm. They brought that in in the first season as a major plot point of discovery. Who saw that coming? Uh, no, I, I don't think we we did. well they they did hint at it on at an episode of Discovery, but before that, no. The thing is, because with Discovery, because of doing the podcast and the YouTube channel and everything, I try to keep up to date on all of the run. Ah, uh, right, right, right. See, I try to avoid all of that shit now, so I just have fun with it. Yeah, so, no, I've managed to stay pretty spoiler-free going into Season 2, but with Season 1, I knew that they were doing Mirror Universe before it came up. Right, so what do we think of that? The fact that they, that's where they went with the story. I was happy. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I just think it added something else to it. Because it wasn't just a straight thing of, here's the evil captain doing his evil thing. Oh, wait, we're all in the evil universe now. And the best thing about those Mirror Universe episodes, we got Captain Tilly, which is the, my favourite thing of that whole series. That that was yeah. good. I did love her. I think she was good. But also for me, like I really liked Giorgio. Uh, mm. I liked the good version of her. And then seeing the bad version, it was like, wow, she's even better. Like, yeah, you know, I'm glad to have her. So, so that was cool. And, and that then, just speaks to the strength of that actress. Yeah, and, but but then the same with Lorca. Like we've seen bad Lorca, and now he's dead. Spoiler yeah, well, um, but, um, <laughs> yeah, but um, now we're going to see the good one in the second series. Wait, what? Yeah. Really? Yeah, no. Oh, Lorca, spoilers, no. Jude. Sorry. Yeah, That's no. Pr- Prime Lorca will be there at some point. That's yeah. really cool. Well, I, I, I say that. good. We don't know how good he is, but the other... For, we're going to have normal universe Lorca. So yeah. That's really cool. I dig that. That's, yeah, again, I'm not really giving you shit for spoilers, but yeah, that's just one of those moments. Um, no, I really dig it. And the fact that he turned out to be the guy that was the captain, it's not where I thought a Trek series would take a show, like would take a story, but it was really executed, and I really dug it. Yeah. And hopefully we get some more of that sort of stuff you're not expecting. So why are people up in arms over Spock's beard? Can anyone explain this to, to me we or our listeners? I don't know, because it's not as if he hasn't had a beard before. Well, that's we right. haven't really spoken about um, the new trailers much, have we, Wayne, in the last... No, we haven't actually episode. spoken about We've been babbling on about our own lives and stuff whenever we've come on here. Oh, the irony of me coming on and keeping you focused on Star Trek. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you wanker. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I told you I had some things to say. I'm going to say them. Me, me and Wayne never really come on here to go like, oh, what the hell is that? Why are they doing this? Why are they doing that? We, we, we just don't do that. Like, no, I know. Yes. I've just it's been a long time since I've podcasted to talk to anybody, so I'm, I've got some things I want to talk about. No, it's good. No, I'm, I'm fine with it. I don't care. I'm sure Wayne yeah. doesn't either. No, 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 definitely. And uh, no, I haven't got a problem with Spock's beard. I'm, um, because the thing is, he can have a shave. It's fine. And as far as we, and and for all we know, would. that could be Mirror Universe Spock who had the beard. Yeah. In that particular photo. We don't know. We don't know. I bet within a couple of episodes, he'll either shave it completely off, but if he shaves it to just a goatee, that will be even better. Yeah. <laughs> i tell you what, at the end of that it season finale... Austin, it was me all along. That was me. <laughs> <laughs> it was me, Lorca. These fucking nerd pigeon people. That's a very deep wrestling joke. Yeah, that was wrestling. me. 
Walker. <laughs> it was me all along. Dude, poor boys. But no, well, when they when the Enterprise was revealed at the end of that season finale, oh, I lost my shit the first time. I'm like, fuck, it's the Enterprise. <laughs> like, which yeah. captain's it going to be? It's Captain Pike, which is cool. I would have liked him to have gotten old matey from the JJ movies to play him. Yeah. Um. No, I'm not fussed about that. No? Yeah, but no. we spoke yeah, happy enough with the recast. We thought it might have happened at one point. We, yeah. we both speculated that that was a possibility, but yeah, yeah. no, I it's... Guess it's just another, another money thing. I think it's just yeah, and, and he's not getting any younger than actor either. Yeah, would would you have been okay with Quinto coming back as Spock? I would have loved that. I thought Quinto as Spock was one of the best things about that trilogy. Yeah, yeah, no, so it's same here, and it's um. It's it's interesting as long as as long as Spock is portrayed well, uh, like is it, it, as long as they do the character justice, yeah. then I'll be happy. That's what I, I liked about Quinto's portrayal. He didn't just try and do a Leonard Nimoy impression. He did his own take on it with enough respect to the original performance. Yeah, Hopefully, yeah. we get that again. I Hopefully, so. I hope so. They'd be mad to do you know something. If, if they suddenly made Spock go off the rails. Yeah. Well, the, the Spock-Michael Burnham interplay will be interesting because she's now his adopted sister, which, you know, mm-hmm. that, that, I'd, I'd be interesting to explore that relationship and see if there's one at all or if they just don't acknowledge each other. Or, well, I yeah. Yeah, I like there's plenty, plenty of stories to be told with what they've set up in season one for season two. And the, the thing is, when, when people had an issue with... Um, Burnham being Spock's adopted sister and being like, well, it's uh, how do you expect us to accept this? It's never mentioned. It's never done this. It's like Spock never mentioned Cyborg. Why would he? Yeah. Ob- obviously, Spock has an issue with talking about family. Yeah. Which is well documented because of his strained relationship with Sarah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it, it's it's fine. That doesn't bother me in the slightest. That yeah, introducing Spock's adopted sister didn't bother me anywhere near as much as Sherlock did. Going, hey, Sherlock Holmes has a sister. He forgot about that. Yeah. That annoyed me. That's a Sherlock reference. I'm sorry. Never That's watched right. Sherlock. No. I have. You'd probably really dig the first season. Yeah. Don't don't sort of go because that well that's the, the series where it's still based on the books. It's After got that, they just, in it. Well, sort of. It, yeah, well, it has the. It, it's, it's got Doctor Strange in it. It's yeah, it's got Doctor Strange in it, or or whatever he's called at the beginning of the second reboot movie. Oh, um, um, John Harrison. Yeah, yeah. Let's just call him that. Let's just call him Khan by any other Khan in name only. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I like where Trek's going. We're getting section the section thirty one spinoff. People are annoyed about that for reasons. Um, Sorry. Just angry nerds. No, I, I really do. I've been saying for 20-odd years since they've brought that into DS9 that we should have more Section 31 because I think there's some really compelling stories to be told there. I agree, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the thing is, Section 31's the sort of thing that you could have a series spanning multiple centuries yeah. telling individual stories each season about how they've affected different points in uh, Starfleet's time. You could almost do an anthology style, sort of like um, yeah. how American Horror Story does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. That approach to storytelling, I think, would be an interesting way to tell a Star Trek series. Mm-hmm. I think Have that's sort what of... um, Alex Kurtzman wanted to do, wasn't it, originally? And that's why he kind of stepped down 
as the main showrunner for Discovery. That's what oh, he really? wanted to do. Yeah. He wanted to just be all over the place with it and tell all sorts of stories and they weren't interested so he just sort of said, Okay, I'll kinda of be involved but I'll take a back seat. Yeah, right. Which I mean, with the way things are going and what you were saying before, Wayne, about just give us the one season of Picard, I mm-hmm. think you can almost tie that into that similar anthology storytelling show. Like, give us a season of Picard. Give us something else. Like, give us a season where we see Rachel Garrett as the captain of the Enterprise jumping a couple of hundred years in, a, in advance of Discovery. Just there's plenty of timeline to play with. It doesn't all have to be prequel of the original series. No, exactly. And that's the thing. I think, I think we are moving towards a future where we will see... Uh, it, we will see the Alpha Quadrant after the Dominion War. We, we're getting there, and well, we're That's definitely going to see it. We're gonna, definitely going to see it with Picard. So I think I think we will see more of it as time goes on. Do you think we're ever going to see any follow-ups to Voyager or DS9? Because I I don't see that happening. I I wish, but but no, I think only in the Picard thing. That's the only hint of it that you would see. I don't know. I don't think anything more than that's going to come of it. I know that's what so many people wish for, but I, I don't. I don't think it's going to happen. I just don't think CBS have enough faith in in those two programs. No. I don't, I don't see... have enough respect for you know for how popular it still is with people. How much you know it meant. To maybe. People. Maybe again, it could be an animated version well you know what else could be cool instead of doing feature film movies just do like features for the cbs on demand like give enterprise a proper birth of the federation finale where they bring the cast back together now with the ages that they are 15 years after that series and actually show it happening or like do give them a mini to round out that show or something i think that could be an interesting way to do it trek moving forward as well i I think it just depends if CBS has somebody in yeah. charge who's wants to do invested it. enough to do it. So, Which, I mean, this is just me spitballing fun ideas that I think could be interesting to wrap up things that we never really got an end to because that last episode of Enterprise was um, something. No, oh no, I've been it, we've discuss- actually. Did we ever get round to doing the podcast that I suggested, Jude? What's that? How? No, I think we did. How? Um, the uh, Terra Prime uh, two-parter should have been the season finale. We briefly touched on it, but no, we never did the... Uh, Which one's that? It. It, it's the second to last, or, the, or the two second to last episodes of Enterprise. Yeah, it, it's the ones where it's based around the moon colony, uh, stealing to pole and trips DNA to create the clone. And the, I, I don't know if we did or not now. Did, I have no recollection. I've only watched Enterprise the whole way through the once, so there's a lot. It almost feels like I'm watching New Trek as I'm going through it. Just kind of mate. Nice. Yeah, when you get there, the last two episodes, because also there's there's parts of those two episodes that feel like well, uh, the last episode of Enterprise kind of repeats it because yeah, they're well, having to get in those two episodes. They're having to get back to Earth for a signing of a peace treaty. Uh, like, and, like, and I can't remember whether it was a peace treaty or a trade or whatever, but it was a treaty between like the initial like founders of the Federation, but it wasn't like the 
building of the federation they they could easily because in that episode um the uh and trip have a baby created from them and they uh and trip like infiltrate the moon base to get them and there's a huge weapon that uh, they fly off to mars there's a huge fucking like death star type weapon that they're going to be shooting at earth and it's it's a question of in this in, in that instance i would have been perfectly happy if they hadn't have killed the baby but if they had if they had sacrificed trip to actually like die to save Topol and the baby, I would have been happy for him to have died that way. Because didn't they kill him off in the last episode? They yeah. did kill him off in the last episode, but that was literally just to buy the captain time. It wasn't hmm. even. It, it was an unnecessary death. It was a meaningless was, death, kind of like Kashiyas. It was like a yeah, it was like a red shirt death, really. You know, yeah, like right. just, just some random crew person, but. Yeah, it's a shame. That, that two-parter at the end sounds really interesting. I can't wait to get to it. It's yeah, I, I've got to agree with Wayne that they may as well have just merged them together, or just or just had them instead as the last two. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. You must have heard it, um, uh, JD. Even if you've only watched it once, that that last episode pissed off a lot of people at that time. And, Quite rightly so, because it's just a slap in the face to the entire four years that preceded it. Yeah, it's a real shame. I mean, I wouldn't say it pisses me off, but it's it's a real shame. It, it's just it's sad that they decided to do that. Because it's just a normal length episode, isn't it? By recollection, yeah, yeah it's not it even is. a two-parter. No. And they knew it was going to be the last episode, right? That's why they condensed it all in. Yeah. Yeah. They'd been cancelled. It didn't get cancelled after it. Before. They they. they they thought they were going to be cancelled on season three of Enterprise, and then they managed to get a fourth season, and then they knew that it was going to be cancelled at some point then. Right. And then because, basically, Rick Berman uh, was still in charge, it was... I, Fucking I guess it was Rick his, Berman. It was his idea to say, instead of, like, giving um, Enterprise a good send-off, he was like... He literally says it in the DVD extras, like, it's... What did he say? Not a wet dream, but, like... Some homage, not homage, I can't remember what phrase he used, some tribute to TNG, but it's like, you thought TNG's already had its moment. It's had seven seasons. You didn't need Seven seasons and four movies. He says it's a love letter to TNG, and it's like, you didn't need to do that. Enterprise didn't, no, Enterprise deserved a proper send-off. I mean, for as average as I feel the show is, it still deserves a decent send-off, like all the other tracks got. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, but what fucks me off more, even more so, because it was a slap in the face, like making it because that was really a TNG episode. Yeah, but the two episodes before that were so good. Mm. They shared similarities as well. That it, when you get there, mate, send us a message and let us know how you feel. Again, there's, there's, there's two part Yeah. Yeah, when you get there, let us know. Yeah. Because uh, I definitely advocate that that should have been it. As far as I'm concerned, that was the end of Enterprise. You may as well go and watch the actual last episode during a TNG run. Because it's set during the Pegasus, I want to say. 
Yes, it is. May as well watch the Pegasus, then that, then Genesis yeah. or whatever follows that. It exactly. completely takes away from it, you know, from Enterprise. It's just a shame. Yeah, it is. It is. Mates, I think we better round up the show. It's just just wait for you, poor boys. JD, just while I'm still on uh, Skype. Hello. Hell it is. There's Lorca. Oh, cool. Yeah. And here is Burnham. I found him. Yeah, I, I caught that one before. That's that's really cool. And also, I just found this one while we were talking about it. He was actually in the Terra Prime episode. That's um, Peter Weller, also known as Robocop. As Robocop. Yep. Yeah, and he's as the, uh, man, main antagonist in that episode. Oh, really? Yeah. How, yeah. I, how do I have no recollection? I mean, it was before me. He's in the reboot movies as well as a completely yeah. different character. He's, um, what's the face's father? Yeah, uh, what's the, oh, I can't, Carol, what's the name? Carol? Carol Marcus? Yeah, yeah, so I was going to call her Carol Was, was she Carol Marcus? Yeah. Yes. Hmm. See, that's how much I remember those films. Yeah. And no, now but... she's in Daredevil or something like that. I was watching her in something. Was she? Uh, uh, Defenders. Defenders. Is it Defenders? Yeah, yeah, one of them. She's like a something that's being cancelled that I loved. Yeah, yeah. I just finished watching. Oh, she was was she Typhoid Mary in in Daredevil? Maybe in. Come on, maybe I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But still, it's not important. We're getting on for nearly a two-hour podcast, and we haven't yeah. done one of them in a long time. This is so, what happens when you bring me in and I just start talking. Exactly. So, uh, mate, if people want to follow you on Twitter, what's your handle? Uh, they can find me at jdizzle, which is J-D-I-Z-Z-L-E-1701. Excellent. I tweet about mostly random pop culture and ice hockey at the moment because my daughter lives and breathes the Australian Women's Ice Hockey League. Excellent. Yeah, and uh, i tell you what, it's uh, she does look like she absolutely loves it. Oh, she's she's living it and loving it, and just, I'm. So, I was saying to you before we started the show, Wayne. She's seven years old and she's found her world. I'm 36 and don't know where I fit yet. It's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. If if only we could all find that place <laughs> so oh, young, <laughs> or even now. Now would be good. Yeah, just at any stage, I guess. Yeah. Well, th- thank you for having me on, boys. It's been no, a pleasure actually yeah. talking about these things that have been running around my head for the better part of two years. It's been an absolute pleasure, mate. It's uh, yeah, it's, it's been far too back. long. I know. Yeah, right? I was going to say, don't, don't let it be as long next time. Come back. That's good. Hey, I'm always an invitation away. Excellent. Cool. Yeah, we'll do that. We'll definitely do that. Excellent. Hey, Jude. Well, yeah. Are we done? Oh, so to the old wilderness outro. I, th- I threw it to you, you poor bastard. Gave you your opportunity. Oh man, I haven't listened to in the wilderness for like. <laughs> A year, two years. I oh, son. You remember our old intro? Are we done? Bye. Ah, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, but I set it up. I've, I've just ruined oh, everything. No. Oh. So on that note, JD, you can yeah. sign us out. I've been Wayne Emery. Uh, yeah, I've been Jude Hawkins, I guess. You suppose? Just today? I suppose. And I've, and I've been JD. Jude, are we done? Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Greetings and felicitations. I need your advice. Then I need a drink. You need advice from me? You must be kidding. I do not joke, Doctor. Spock, remind me to tell you that I'm sick and tired of your logic. That is the most illogical attitude.
Body of a Vulcan, make an eyebrow raisin on your face. Gonna be in Starfleet someday. You got green on your face, pointed ears graced, spouting big statistics all over the place. We will, we will spark you. We will, we will spark you. Buddy, you're a tall man, thin man, flying in a ship. Gonna take the universe one day. You work in space with Captain What's-His-Face, waving tricorders all over the place. We will, we will spark you. We will, we will spark you. Buddy, you're a smart man, science man, every seven years going through pawn for that day. You got green in your blood, Kirk's your bud, putting McCoy back into his place. We will, we will spark you. Sing it! We will, we will spark you. Everybody, we will, we will spark you. We will, we will spark you! Dazzling display of wanted. Annihilation gem. Total, complete, absolute annihilation. Doctor, I am in command of the Enterprise. Live long and prosper. You've been listening to the Trekmate Podcast. Would you like to get a hold of us? Visit trekmate.org.uk and boldly go where no podcast has gone before. Make it so. Prepare to attack. All hands battle station. Don't worry. We will get to the bottom of this. All right. Ask is a tall ship and a star to steer by. I don't want excuses. I want answers. Am I authorized to enter the neutral zone? How do you think that tells me about your character? Captain's log, stardate 3541.9. Program complete. Enter when ready. I am Captain Jean-Luc Picard, and I approve this message. Tweet us at TrekMate1701. Make it so.